to the Rock Your Best Life podcast. On this podcast, I bring you information, education, advice, and tips from healthcare professionals, scientists, doctors, and everyday people who have changed their lives and health through diet, lifestyle, and mindset changes and are now rocking their best lives. Join me on this journey to rock your best life. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice, as I am not a qualified healthcare provider. The information presented on this podcast is for educational purposes only. Rock Your Best Life and Rock and Rosa Wellness are not qualified to provide medical advice. Please consult your own physician or provider with any medical issues that you may be experiencing. This disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors of this podcast. Hello and welcome back friends. I hope that you had an amazing Father's Day for your father Um, and as we all have fathers I hope you wish your fathers a happy Father's Day. Um, You were able to spend some good quality time. I know that we had a really good weekend. Um, Took my my husband out to a nice dinner. Um, it was really nice, and um, we got to spend some good quality time with him. Um, and yesterday, we got to go play some golf. <laughs> we are still really not getting much sleep with the puppy, um, but you know what? It's so much fun. Um, we love playing with the puppy. Um, Dutch is, you know, been an amazing blessing on the family. And um, he is such a character. He's growing so fast already. Um, He will be eight weeks tomorrow. Um, So, yeah, just having fun, learning a lot, (laughs) but not getting much sleep. So I'm still trying to kind of get back into, you know, some of of my my patterns I've had to kind of put by the wayside, my healthy habits. Um, And, um, and yeah, and... And with this podcast, I am going to be kind of changing things up a bit. So I'm going to be having more solo casts, or I'm going to try to at least. And, um, you know, what I'm going to do is, you know, I'll have a solo cast one week and and have an interview um, the next week. I don't really have a lot of interviews lined up. Um, so, I'm you know, I am on the search for people to interview. So if you have any ideas or suggestions or you know you have an amazing story to tell amazing transformation um you know i'd love to interview you if you are a you know a healthcare professional i'd love to talk chat with you um you know i love to to just learn new things and you know i love chatting with people learning new things having these conversations so today i wanted to just dive deep into the conversation. Um, it seems like lately, you know, I have, this has been coming up a lot more lately. Um, and this is something that I talk about, you know, now and again, um, it's always kind of the underlying root cause, I think, at least in my opinion, um, to, you know, a lot of the issues that you may be having with your health and why you not be, may not be feeling your best. Um, And that is, you know, the topic of food addiction, you know, um, it's kind of 
con <laughs> controversial a little bit because, you know, as I was kind of researching it a little bit, um, I, you know, a lot of the studies even don't like to call, won't call it that. <laughs> it's not called food addiction. Um, it's called an eating, you know, I, I've seen it called an eating addiction. And to me, that didn't even make sense. You know, we have eating disorders. But, you know, shouldn't it be called, you know, a food disorder or a food addiction? Because, you know, that is kind of what is the underlying root cause, right? And, and so, you know, I've talked with a few of my guests um, on the podcast last week with Laura, Laura Spath. And even that even came up last week. And that is, you know, that is kind of like at, at the cause of a lot of people's issues with food, issues with health. You know, it's it's this underlying um, addiction to food. And for a lot of the us that looks, I mean, for all of us, I think that looks so much, so different. So today I wanted to just start by sharing my struggle, a little bit about my story with food addiction. And, and this is kind of intertwined with alcohol addiction. They are you know, so similar, in my opinion, like food addiction, drug addiction, you know, those, you know, substances, um, they are, you know, kind of one and the same and they go together. And, and that is something that I learned, you know, through trying to deal with my addiction to alcohol, um, trying to, you know, just kind of stay healthy, um, to, to reverse some of these issues I was having with you know, all these, you know, autoimmune symptoms and gut issues and, um, you know, yeast overgrowth, all of that is, you know, is tied to food and caused by, you know, some of the foods I was eating. Um, so, so I really did struggle. So let's just start, start from the beginning here. I, I really noticed, um, for me anyway, I noticed a big, um, change and I have talked about, you know, my health story um, and where this all began, why I started just going, diving deep into learning about nutrition, learning about why these things were happening to my body um, and why certain, certain things were working in the very beginning, um, you know, right away worked for me, just changing, you know, I completely overhauled my diet. Um, but I struggled in the beginning you know, I, if you go back and listen to the first episode, I share that I struggled with uh, candida yeast overgrowth, leaky gut, um, and then, and then the, all these food sensitivities and digestive issues. And all of that is kind of intertwined. You know, there's a root cause, which I believe is really in the gut um, with our microbiome. And that kind of controls everything. Um, but also there's a lot of this emotional um uh, emotional things that kind of tie into our mentality, the story we're telling ourselves, and kind of this habit that we fall into with food addiction. And for me, you know, I had never really struggled with food addiction until I really, you know, for me, I think the tipping point or maybe, you know, kind of the trigger. And I think a lot of times, you know, food addictions, binge eating, emotional eating, all those things, um, we're triggered. We're triggered and we figure out kind of a way, you know, that we find to cope 
with some of these things. And that's definitely what happened with me. So I will say that, you know, I was kind of triggered when I was trying to heal my body. And I'm kind of an all or nothing girl. <laughs> that's, I mean, I've learned that about myself. So I just took everything out. You know, I learned that I had this yeast overgrowth um, and about leaky gut and about all these. I mean, my body was just reacting to everything I ate. So I, you know, felt the need to just um, just go full bore and just just take everything out. So it, this was in 2015 when I did this and. For about 15 months, I was, you know, for the most part, you know, I probably had, you know, something here or there. Um, and I learned, you know, that they didn't, it didn't agree with me. But I will say that um, that is another part of the story, too, is kind of learning to listen to the cues that your body is giving you. Your body is screaming at you. <laughs> so kind of learning the biofeedback. So that's kind of our body's way of telling us that, okay, this is not serving me. This food is not helping me. It is inflaming me. So anyway, I, I was, you know, um, basically restricting all sugars, all starchy vegetables. I was eating low sugar, low starch, um, you know, of course, low carb, <laughs> um, all those things. Um, for about 15 months, um, you know, I'd given up alcohol, coffee, like all these things. And so I was really, you know, in a way I was, of course, restricting. Um, for me, I was just thinking about my health and I was thinking, oh, this was just temporary, right? Um, so I think what happened for me is I started to reintroduce around 15 months. And that kind of snowballed for me, though. So... You know, um, I was really craving sugar all of a sudden. And I think part of this probably was the yeast overgrowth growth still there. And like I said, like our microbiome, you know, we're mostly, um, we have, I mean, we, we have thousands and thousands, I mean, maybe billions, I'm not sure, of, of microbes <laughs> in our microbiome bacteria. So those kind of can control like what we're, you know, even our cravings, what we're eating. And, um, you know, candida really thrives off of, off of sugar. I mean, this is how they grow. Um, so the more sugar, the better for them. So, um, part of that was probably that, you know, you know, um, the bacteria, um, wanting more sugar. And then part of that was just an emotional thing. Like I had, I had, Basically, I'd restricted myself of all sugar for for that long. And, um, you know, I just had this intense sugar craving. But I found myself, you know, because, you know, for so long I had kind of restricted. So I found myself, you know, just um, hiding in secret. So I would, and I found myself doing these things that I, it was strange at the time to me, but I just didn't want anyone to know that I was binging on sugar. So I was binging on sugar. I was eating like strange concoctions of sugar. I was eating like, um, and I didn't even know what was happening at the time. I, and that's, you know, part of this is a loss of control, but I, I did notice that it made me feel good. It made me feel happy. You know, at the time I had been really trying to heal myself and, um, it gets really frustrating. I had a lot of hard times, a lot of 
you know, just hopelessness feelings, you know, a feeling that I would never heal my body um, because I had been at it for, you know, at that point, you know, over a year. <laughs> now that I look back, it's like, okay, I, I had to learn along the way that it takes time. It really does, you guys. Um, it's not a quick fix. It's not even, you know, a year. And people have been telling me that before, like, especially with digestive issues and autoimmune issues and, you know, all these different issues um, with our bodies, it takes time. It can take, I mean, years, you know, and if you think about how long you've been eating a certain way, um, the, you know, the inflammation in the body, um, especially, you know, really the gut, it takes a long time. It really does. It's not a quick fix. But, you know, at the time um, I was, you know, and this is the first time dealing with something like this. I, I just found myself eating in secret, you know, just really craving sugar. Like, I just wanted sugar, sugar, sugar. <laughs> it's like a sugar monster was attacking. A sugar dragon, hello, um, was born. Um, so, you know, for me, the foods I, I started with introducing were um, like berries and, you know, granola, parfait at the time. I had, you know, been doing like Whole30 and the paleo movement was kind of big at the time. Um, I was searching for a diet that would, that would, um, that I could, you know, get some ideas from and stick to because at the time I was eating just vegetables and meat. And <laughs> of course I didn't know a lot about, you know, I hadn't, you know, heard of keto until really like, I guess around maybe 2016, 2017. And, um, at that time, though, a lot of things I saw in keto were, like, all, like, things I really couldn't have, like dairy, a lot of dairy, and a lot of, like, cheese everywhere, and, you know, all these, like, concoctions, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that doesn't look good or healthy, and at the time, I wasn't really eating a lot of fat, a lot of protein. It was really, like, a lot of vegetables and then, like, some protein, um, you know, but these are all things I learned along the way, and I... I just found myself um, getting, you know, reverting back to alcohol again, too. So this kind of sugar cravings, like, turned, you know, I started drinking again. And so I started drinking again, and then I found myself staying late up, up late at night and, and just, you know, binging on alcohol and, and sugar and sometimes carbs. Um, and then I would, you know... Later, I would gain weight, like, so fast. And at the time, you know, I was really, I had gotten really skinny. And then, of course, I gained weight. And then that made me feel shameful. And, you know, I knew why. I was working out like crazy, but then I was, you know, having these binges at night. And, of course, I know I didn't tell anybody about any of this. Um, and then, you know, eight months would go by, and then I would... Um, you know, I would know that I would need to make a change and that I would need to go back to, you know, eating in a way, um, you know, the anti-candida diet, basically. But it really was kind of a keto diet, but without all the fat. So later I would add, you know, start adding the fat in when I learned more about keto. Um, and that was around 2016, 2000, you know, in, in 2017, I got more serious about intermittent fasting and, I tried a little bit here and there, um, but I, you know, hadn't really been able to stick to it. And for me in the beginning, that just looked like changing my eating window, you know, skipping breakfast and, you know, just eating at 11. 
you know, um, instead of, you know, early in the morning, I guess. Um, but you know, I, I, I saw these, I saw these patterns emerging, you know, with the alcohol and with the, with the sugar addiction and of course hiding all of this from everybody, um, not really talking about it. Um, but you know, when I would quit alcohol again, I would notice that I would kind of, um, substitute the alcohol for the sugar. And, you know, of course, everybody around me was like, oh, that's okay. You're not drinking, so you can have all the sugar you want. But I would feel horrible. I would have extreme uh, brain fog. Um, I would have, you know, negative responses in my body. But then I would just kind of, you know, I would stop it for a little bit, and then I would um, want it again and again. And this kept happening. And then I started noticing that, you know, when I was having a stressful day or, you know, I was having an argument with my husband or co-worker or whatever. That was how I was dealing with stress. There were times that I would, um, like, get ice cream on my way home from work and have to just eat it, eat it, eat it. And that was the other thing. Like, I would feel like I would need to just eat it so nobody would know. And I would hide chocolate in my... Um, my closet I would go eat in private and that my friends is an eating disorder and that is an addiction when you were hiding when you were hiding food from your loved ones when you are escaping um to go do this that is you know that's an addiction and I did the same with alcohol when I would start drinking again I wouldn't tell anyone I would go binge on alcohol and <laughs> And that is, that's for another episode, but, um, you know, no good came of that <laughs> at all. Um, so yeah, I, I started getting more serious about intermittent fasting and this really helped me a lot. Um, you know, this helped me to balance my blood sugars even more, um, and made me feel, you know, like I wasn't hungry all the time. And then I started adding more protein in, and that was kind of a light bulb moment for me, um. And that was in 2018, and I really started adding more protein in, um, and I noticed I felt better and fuller longer, and and I started getting more and more into keto, you know. I mean, I really think the, you know, the diet I was doing was mostly keto. There wasn't really any carbs, um, but, you know, I mean, in between these, I was mostly keto, but in between all these, you know, binges, I guess you would say. So I, I feel like I could really set myself back when I would have these binges. I mean, at the time though, it made me feel good. And, and I, and I felt like I could control it to a point. Um, but then, you know, I would say that the more, you know, time went on, I found myself binging and just not being able to control it. Um, and sometimes I wouldn't even know why I would just feel anxious, you know, before an event sometimes, um, and I would just, I would go into it with good intentions, you know. I remember a time before, like, I think it was a roller derby bout. And I had a little time to kill. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to, it was, you know, it was, it's at night, these bouts. So I wasn't going to be eating dinner with my family. And I wasn't going to be going home. So I stopped at the store. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to have protein. I'm just going to have chicken, you know. So I got some rotisserie chicken. Um, and then before I knew it, I was like, well, maybe I can, you know, I'm eating by myself. I can just eat whatever I want. 
So I got all these. I think I got a cheesecake. I don't remember what else, actually. But I just remember this was a just a full-on binge. And I was eating, eating, eating all this crap. Um, and, and in my mind, I'm like, well, you know, this is just a one-time thing. Um, but I felt horrible. Oh, my gosh. And it took me, like, sometimes up to a week to recover from some of this. So, I mean, you got to be thinking, like, why are you doing this to yourself? Why are you abusing your body like this? And honestly, I just didn't even know. And, you know, I, I started to realize that, you know, there's something wrong here. You know, my relationship with food is just not good. Um, and then, you know, what really did help me was in, you know, in 2018, I... This was kind of a light bulb moment for me, too. I did a seven-day fast. And, you know, because I really heard that you can kind of just reset your body. You can, you know, um, kind of your body will clean out your old garbage cells, you know. Um, it's just really good. And, you know, Jimmy Moore had a, a challenge at the time, you know, a seven-day challenge. So I'm like, okay, I guess I've been, I've been, fast, I've been intermittent fasting, so why not try this? Um, and I hadn't done anything over the, over 24 hours at the time, but you know, it was strange how easy it did come to me. And then I was learning more and more about carnivore at that time too. Um, <clears throat> and I was eating more and more meat. Um, and I was, you know, just experiencing some good uh, results already from that. So I, you know, I did a seven day fast and I was surprised about, you know, kind of, after the first two days, you know, and a tactic that uh, worked for me that I learned was just, you know, kind of learning to ride out the wave. Uh, they, they talk about that a lot in fasting and in some of these, um, you know, sugar cravings or cravings we may be having with any addiction. Um, you know, I've heard people talk about this a little bit. So I started just to ride out the wave um, when I was hungry Um and, you know, after, you know, two, two days of fasting, usually this kind of happens, our, our hunger hormones dip way down low, okay? So they're probably at their peak, like, right, you know, around two days, and then they kind of, you know, dip low. So you're not hungry, like, yeah, you're not hungry anymore. Um, but anyway, I did that, and that seemed to really help me, and it got me, you know, thinking, um, about, you know, it got me kind of more in tune with my body and learning what my real hunger signals were. Um, and that, you know, if I cannot eat for seven days, I mean, it, you know, you build strength with that. Um, if I cannot eat for seven days, I can really control, you know, some of these cravings I'm having. But, you know, what I, I started learning more and more too, that people, you know, had, you know, they had, um, I guess, solve some of their, you know, eating issues um, through carnivore um, because it really does solve a lot of um, a lot of your craving issues because if you're not eating, if you're eating just meat, you're not eating a lot of these, um, you're not eating, you know, vegetables, you're not eating fruit. And for me also, you know, that sweet taste kind of, of fruit, um, I mean, first of all, fruit, doesn't agree with me. It does really, it causes, 
me to have, you know, candida overgrowth and, and SIBO. Um, and then it just kind of feeds into that like sweet craving. And, you know, for me, like fruit, chocolate, sugar, it's, it's really all the same. Um, so anyway, like taking all of those things out and just eating meat and kind of you change your palate. At least that's what happened for me. Like it started, I started just craving meat and fat and, and this really helped me a lot. And, you know, um, you know, in the beginning it was kind of, it was hard. I was still having chocolate for a while and I would, you know, and that was the only thing I would, I would say that I, um, struggled with was still having the chocolate once in a while. Um, and you know, one day I just decided I was going to stop buying it. I'm not going to buy it anymore. And I noticed that, you know, going to the coffee shop, um, that was a trigger. So I wasn't going to go to the coffee shop anymore. I, I decided, you know, that was something that was going to work for me. And, you know, and all, and through all of this, um, meditation was a big, a big key, a key thing for me that helped in journaling. Um, so that, you know, that's why I want to tell you guys today is that there are things that can help and it does take time. Um, so, you know, just a little bit by bit, um, I started just to want less and less sugar. And it, you know, like I said, it wasn't overnight. It was just over time. Um, I struggled at times, but once I decided to just, you know, and for me that works, I, I just decided, you know, with alcohol that I was going to stop. And, you know, I, I, in January of 2019 and 2019 for me is kind of a big year because that's when I quit alcohol for the last time. And that is when I decided to, um, you know, just try this all meat diet because at the time I, I had a hard time digesting like everything, like even down to lettuce. I was so sensitive to everything. Um, everything caused extreme belly bloat. I mean, I'm talking about just extreme distended belly, six months pregnant looking. <laughs> so I decided, um, yeah, that I was going to go for it. So in July, 2018 is when I, you know, fully went for it, all meat diet. Um, and I, I noticed that I just started craving more meat. Yeah, like I said, more meat, more fat. And it really helped with my craving. So every time I had a sweet craving, um, my tactic was to eat a little pat of butter, a little bit of butter with a little salt. And I will say that adding electrolytes in and adding magnesium really helped with my cravings as well. Um, I also decided um, that I was going to replace the you know behavior of, if I wanted something sweet, I was also going to go for a walk. Um, I wasn't going to use it to manage my stress anymore. I would, I started deep breathing, um, in 2020, really, I started getting serious about that. Um, you know, but, but for, for, for me, what worked is journaling. Um, and every time I would feel, you know, this need, um, you know, to eat something, that wasn't aligned with healing my body. And so I began, I began to journal. So I would write down how I was feeling before, you know, and I would write out the storm. Um, and I would replace these 
I, I don't want to call it bad habits, but I would just rec uh, re replace these impulses. And it's really hard because we are just inundated with all of this um, around us. Um, but, you know, for, for the beginning, for me, I always thought about my health because I was trying to heal my body. Um, so I will say I really am strong-willed, you know, but I know that everybody is not me, you know. And then I also started to learn about, you know, um, Gretchen Rubin talks a lot about moderators, abstainers. And I've heard people talk about this and just knowing what you are, um, if you're a moderator or abstainer, it took me a long time to figure this out, actually. I learned that I am an abstainer. I do well with just not having it at all. One, you know, I can't have one. I can't have one drink. And I, you know, it took me many times to learn this. Um, I, I've, you know, I'm on my fourth <laughs> round of sobriety. Um, but this took me a long time. But, you know, that's the thing with, with becoming food sober, becoming alcohol sober, drug sober, all of that, is that you will you can fall down. I'm not saying you will, but you can fall down many, many times and just keep getting back up. Keep trying. Don't give up. I mean, you are so worth it. And, you know, that's just what I kept telling myself over and over again. Um, so, you know, just relearning my hunger signals helped. Um, and, you know, it just clicked for me. So, and I, I just began to, to see that, you know, food was a drug. Alcohol was a drug. Those things, those things were one and the same for me. They went together. Um, you know, I had to change how I managed my stress, my anxiety, my feelings of hopelessness. And that was kind of the thing that would get me into uh, an episode of binge, was just that, like, you know, in with alcohol and with food was that I would feel hopeless. I would feel like everything I was doing was just, you know, why? I mean, I felt sometimes like I wasn't getting better. But the truth is that I just hadn't found the answer for me. And that's what I want to tell you guys is, you know, it may take like years. I mean, I'm hoping not. But I think, you know, for most people now, um, keto can be a really good option or a meat-based diet. Um, just you know, learning what your body needs. And that was the big thing for me is just um, being able to figure out, you know, my body was starving for protein. Um, protein can be so beneficial. Um, and a lot of times we're just not getting enough of it. And I think most people aren't. And fat could be a really good um, therapeutic tool as well. And then, you know, just dealing with all of, all of the emotional stuff that goes along with it. Like, you really have to dig deep and figure out why you are going back to these behaviors. Um, so a lot of soul searching. Um, and so I want to talk about why we, you know, why do we become addicted? So that's my story. Um, and I'm sure that most people at one point in their life have, you know, had, had an issue with addiction. And so some of the reasons that, you know, we become addicted to food is number one, we have to eat, right? And that's why, you know, when I was looking at some of these studies, I was like, okay, in eating addiction, we all have to eat. You can't, it's not like alcohol or drugs where you can just, you know, 
you take that away, you never have that again. You have to eat, right? But, you know, finding the right foods for your body, I think, is key. Um, and then, you know, just getting educated and learning, okay, what are some of these foods that I have been drawn to or addicted to? Um, what, how do they make me feel um, in the moment? And, and then how do they make me feel afterwards? And so you have to weigh out the risk and the reward, I really believe. Um, and then, you know, let's, I mean, let's get real. Why are these foods addictive? They have been engineered that way. Um, they have, I mean, they have spent billions and billions of dollars on the sugar industry, um, you know, the fast food, the um, processed food. This food is engineered for you to become addicted to it. It just is. And they have figured out the bliss point. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of that. But basically, the bliss point is like the perfect point where, um, so you have, you know, these highly palatable foods. It has the right combination of carbohydrates, fat, sugar, salt, artificial sweeteners. And they all trigger this area in your brain that um, is like, the bliss point. <laughs> Sorry, I sing sometimes. But um, that is the area in your brain that just releases this hidden dopamine. You know, the serotonin. This is what makes you happy. So you get that, get that hit, you know. I mean, it is a drug. So you get that hit and you're happy for a short time. And that's really what, you know, kind of ran at home for me is realizing this is short this it's a it's a drug so right you're getting that hit but you keep coming back for more and more and more because you want it over and over and that's why these foods are addictive and then you've got it all around you you've got it in media you know on tv um you know for a while i wasn't watching any tv and then <laughs> and then of course you know watching tv with my family here and again um God, these commercials are so persistent. Like sometimes you'll see a commercial back to back, you know. And I mean, I know the only thing that really helps me with that is I am, you know, educated. I, you know, I'm so interested in learning about why, um, why things, why things are the way they are and why we feel the need to eat certain foods. Um, and a lot of it is just what we've been conditioned too, like at a very young age. And, you know, that's why I'm trying to change that with my son um, and with myself, of course, and just being the positive role model. Um, but it gets hard sometimes. It's there. It's around. I think if it wasn't around, if you weren't being offered it, you probably wouldn't even want it. You wouldn't know what it was. You know, I always think about like, what if I was just in the middle of the forest? There was nothing around. I was, you know, having to hunt and and forage what i wouldn't be eating this crap right it wouldn't be there um and we're not meant to eat it it's not real food and 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 once you can kind of change the narrative with that i think that is the biggest thing that has really helped me is realizing that this is not real food it's not food it's not food at all it's it's just a substance right um it's not nourishing me it's actually depleting me and it's causing all these things, inflammation, it's causing 
you know, um, digestive issues. It's causing brain fog. It's, you know, it's probably going to cause me to have Alzheimer's, you know, diabetes of the brain, all these things. Um, and, and then another thing is that, um, some people believe that there is an addictive gene. Um, and I, I, I don't know the research on this. I'm not sure if this has been proven at all, but if there is an addictive gene, I probably have it. <laughs> and, um, and you know, these are things that you don't have to succumb to. You don't have to say, oh, I have an addictive gene, so oh, there's nothing I can do, right? That's a lie. You can absolutely change any kind of genetic issue, any kind of issue um, with epigenetics. So that is just fueling, you know, changing. You can change your DNA. And that, you know, that's a big issue right now is that we are actually kind of ruining our DNA by by feeding it these these things that aren't real food. Um, and so, actually, I'm reading a book right now. <laughs> it's hard. I haven't had time to read much lately. Um, but it's called Deep Nutrition um, by Dr. Kate Shanahan. And it's so interesting because she talks a lot about that in her book. So, if you haven't read that book, I suggest, highly suggest you go out and get that. But basically, she was talking in there about, you know, how the foods that we eat are altering our DNA. Um, so they're changing our ge genetic expression. So that's why we're seeing a lot of these um, chronic illnesses like diabetes, heart disease, um, you know, a, a lot of these autoimmune conditions. It, and it's because they are kind of triggering, you know, of the, this gen, gene expression that is not in our favor. But we can change that by changing our behaviors, you know, eating healthier, eating whole foods that are in our birthright, basically, that are human foods that we are meant to eat. And, you know, doing things that we are meant to be doing, you know, getting out, going for a walk, going out in nature, climbing a tree, I mean, climbing rocks, um, you know, all these things we're meant to be doing. Um, and by not, it's kind of like you, if you don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. And that's kind of the same thing with our DNA. And we can absolutely change that. Um, so, you know, we become physically and mentally dependent on these things. And, and we can absolutely change this. Um, you know, and I feel like everybody has different levels that they may be dealing with this in. Um, I'm just happy now that I have food freedom and it did take me a while to get here, but I finally, you know, achieved it. And for me, you know, just changing my diet to a meat, really a meat based diet. Um, you know, I, I eat vegetables here and here and here and now, here and again, <laughs> I started adding them back in, you know, um, slowly I had to do that, but my body, I've healed so much in the past, just really the past two years is when I did most of my healing, I feel, um, when I really was able to let my body heal, um, by not giving it like all this fiber. And for me, like the fiber really kind of was wreaking havoc, um, on my body. And I think it's okay to have it once in a while. Um, but for me, like if you really have these extreme gut issues, you really got to take it out. For a little bit. Um, 
but yeah, just deal, like knowing what your triggers are, you know, kind of sitting back and just analyzing everything. Okay, when I eat this way, it makes me feel this way. And um, when I go here, <laughs> um, it makes it makes me want to eat this way, right? So maybe not going there for a little bit. Or, um, you know, for me, actually now, I feel like I could... I can have something sweet and I'm okay. And I don't feel the need to binge. I don't feel the need to have more. And I don't really, I don't, rem you know, I don't even remember. I think I had a berry <laughs> the other day at breakfast. But, uh, you know, I can do that. And I don't, and actually for me now it doesn't even taste good. Um, I mean, a berry tastes good. But, I mean, you know, like I don't want chocolate anymore. It was funny because even on, on my birthday my husband you know, he wanted to buy me some Halo ice cream. And I was like, you know, I don't even want it. I just want steak. I just want salmon. I just want meat. <laughs> and that is an amazing feeling. I love that. Um, and, you know, there are several ways that you can go about this. Um, as far as getting help, there's a lot of groups um, out there. Um, and, you know, in my next episode, I talked to... I talked to Mary Roberts, and she is a uh, food addiction um, coach, and she's a ketogenic coach, and she has an amazing, amazing, amazing story, and so we go more into this, but that's why I wanted to talk to you guys about this today, is, you know, I wanted to share my story, um, give you some helpful tips, I hope, and um, I hope some of those can help you, and, you know, just give you some ideas, you know. Of, of some things to look out for, you know, is your relationship with food healthy right now? Are you a moderator or are you a, an abstainer? Can you have one or do you need like the whole pack? You know, I'm definitely an abstainer. <laughs> and look up Gretchen Rubin, um, look up the moderator and abstainer. Um, I'll try and link, you know, um, her book in the show notes and deep nutrition too, if you guys are interested in that. But I hope this has been helpful for you today. Um, you know, I hope that, you know, you are having an amazing, amazing Monday. Um, and I hope you're getting some value from this podcast. And if you are getting some value from this podcast, um, go ahead and leave me a rating or a review um, on your favorite podcast app and let me know how I'm doing. And, and let me know who you want to see on the show. Um, I would love to interview some interesting people. Um, love to talk to you. And I would love to share your story. So if you have a story to share, don't forget to message me, email me. Um, I would love to meet you. I would love to pick your brain. <laughs> um, and yeah, have an amazing day. And don't forget to rock your best life. If you enjoy or find value in this podcast, then please consider supporting Rock Your Best Life on Patreon. By becoming a patron, you'll help us reach more people and continue to create great content. There are exclusive perks available, such as private consultations with me, early access to content, and so much more. 
become a supporter at patreon.com slash rockyourbestlife. Check the episode show notes for the link, and I will see you there.